Well, hello, ladies and gents. You're with Adrianosaurus, the coach of Living to Vida Loca. And here we are. We're in the prelims of Head to Heads, you know, the preliminary final time. Um, you know, hopefully you've had a good week and you've made it through to some GFs. Um, as it stands now, pre, you know, the final updates, um, for me, I, I had an opportunity to go into six grand finals and I'm winning three. So I've got a 50% success rate of getting into finals. Um, we'll go through the Turbos Hemis Cup when we talk about it. That was one of the ones I was um, contesting to go into the grand final of the league I created with Kando, um, which has been a great, great fun to be in. Um, but we'll talk about that. Um, and one of them, which really stung me because I was leading until the, the last minute of the Panthers game. Um, and if you're out there, Smiley, 1368 to me to your 1373, go fuck yourself. I hope updates come back kindly to me and because I deserve the win and you don't. Anyway, I, I could have gone through to four finals and, um, all right. So, um, you know, last week it, it was, uh, you know, we all had trouble sort of coming up with numbers, I guess. And I finished with a 972 at the end of the day. Um, I went down 341 spots to 1,071. Um, I anticipated that I'd go down and it actually surprised me that I didn't go down more. Um, it just shows how bad the week was last week. Um, this week, luckily, I had the full seven team playing um, for Living Tavita Loca. Um, and, you know, I had a pretty good round, I think. 1368 I'm sitting on currently. Um, now, what do I think for par for the week? Um, look, I really think that par for the week's probably around 1300. I, I really think. I mean, Turbo was the most heavily captained player. Um, and I think 1,300, you know, I see a lot of 1,350s, it'll, you know, some sort of 1,400s. Um, so I think that maybe 1,300, maybe a tick over 1,300 will be par. Hopefully it gets me, my 1,368 gets me back in the, um, back into the top 1,000. Hopefully I can jag a few spots and go back up into the 1,000. Uh, one of the three head-to-head -head leagues that I lost this week was in the SC Experience in the $50 Cup. Um, and it brings me much happiness to see that I lost to Tim Moody of the Ville Army, who's had a really nice round, 1509. Um, and look, you know, I don't know uh, about all the action up towards the top of the ladder, but mate, what a great round to have in the penul penultimate round. And 1509, surely um, you're going to extend that lead, buddy. And, and look, I hope... <laughs> You've got to take it. The title's yours, and congratulations. I know you shouldn't call it a week early, but great round. And look, I, I really hope you hold on, mate, because you've been... It's the kind of leader that deserves to win it, you know, much like I was saying to, um, <laughs> to Smiley there. I was in the lead to the last minute of the last game, so I deserve it. But Tim Moody has been a fantastic leader. He's, he's pulled some really smart moves that, you know, even people who sort of... Um, you know, only very loosely follow who's leading and stuff. I think it's got captured the imagination of a lot of the Supercoach fans because he's on a podcast um, and all of us in the Turbos Hammies Cup, you know, um, follow, you know, the progress of Timmy and because and, he's in the Cup as well. Um, you know, it's just really great to see him um, 
having the year that he is. How 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 awesome! And um, look, I think just you know, touch wood, fifteen oh nine is enough to extend the lead, getting back out to a juicy um, you know, lead and and to win this bloody super coach. That'd be so fantastic. But um, look, um, thirteen hundred and sixty eight. I think is just a tick above par for the week. Hopefully, I'm getting back into the top thousand, and I make three out of my six grand finals and all importantly um it looks like uh i'm gonna make the turbos hammies cup grand final adrianosaurus <laughs> living to vita loca makes the gf um look i was up against mikey the coach of trip jacket mafia um and he is a, a member of the super coach experience um team um and look he's it was such a nerve-wracking head-to-head mikey if you're out there listening um it came down to the last game and it was basically my blore versus his luai with a 30 point sort of lead so i was like oh look hopefully luai you know doesn't absolutely turn up and go huge and look i felt fairly confident because he's been pretty shit um, and at half time he was like on five points, <laughs> so I was feeling super confident. But in the second half, mate, he he started to really get involved. He's sitting on a sixty nine as we stand now, um, and that you know he did nearly put on that assist for Kickout, who dropped it over the line, and that could have been all the difference. Look, I've got Mikey um, ahead by twenty three points. He's on thirteen forty five. So barring some sort of crazy updates. Um, I'm going to go into the grand final in the Turbo Sammy's Cup. So um, that's really exciting. Um, you know, being the person who's running the league there with with Kando, it's good to, I would have loved if it were going to be the Kando versus me, but, you know, it's been good fun and um, I couldn't, I, Mikey's probably the only person <laughs> among others that I like very much and I would have been happy to lose to him to go in if, if he went into the grand final, but it's me. Um, and it looks like I'm going to be up against, let's have a look. I'm going to get in there probably against the spy. It looks at this stage, who's got over the top of Joe from the Belmore Busters. He's Joe Fitz from the Supercoach Champions podcast. He um, scraped into the finals and got himself all the way to the prelims. So the spy is going to be a tough old um, <laughs> matchup in the in the final. I think, you know, my guess would be just because of how good a year spy is having he might have a little bit more depth than me he's got four people on the bench you know he <laughs> dunster with his 82 pang eyes on his bench um you know so he could be much better for numbers next week in the grand final of the turbos hammies but look stranger things have happened and um you know uh, <laughs> it's like all those times that you you're in um the buy round and you got a full 50 you know 15 or whatever you get beaten by somebody who's got 11 or something you know um but anyway i'm in the grand final and you know um that's that's awesome i, could, I couldn't be any happier um so yeah i made the final of a couple of other cashies as well another one that i the bj uh, on game day invitational um i've made the grand final in that one too um which is is a good one for me as well which i you know, I'm keen on getting through too. So, um, yeah, here we go. Finals. Finals time next week. But, um, all right, well, we're going to go through and talk about the round that was. Um, you know, the good scores, the bad scores, um, the talking points. Um, some things have happened, you know. And, and obviously going into the last round, you know, depending on how the ladder is and teams, how they're traveling, you know, we all expect um, coaches like Bellyache to rest players and um, Brad Arthur's, you know, 
touted at you know resting players and stuff. So we'll go through um, what what we've heard you know so far through the round um, and things that have happened injury wise and whatever. And um, yeah, we'll just um, go from there. So look, um, we do know in that um, you know very spiteful game you know where Trell um, collected Manu. Bit of a horrific, you know, the old somebody blew his nose there and it all puffed up. Um, look, Manu looks. I can't. I mean, I, I can't imagine that he's going to make it back this year at all. Um, and Latrell uh, looks like he's accepting the the ban uh, for the six weeks um, for the hit. Um, and that's the rest of the year, so he's gone for the rest of the year. Now, it's really sad, I guess, to watch the rest of the year. You know, with not been able to watch players like Manu and and Trell, who are fantastic players, and we all love to watch them play. But you know, it was a bit of a sickening hit, and and you know, he, he you know, Latrell broke the Brimson's jaw, you know, last week or whatever, and and he didn't seem to come up on any charges there. And he, he, he I think he, from memory, I think he's the most suspended player this year, like the most weeks, um, even more than good old Hetherington. So. You know, uh, he. This isn't going to burn him, I think, because it's a final series where South probably had a real shot at the title. Um, you know, along with Penrith and Manly and 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 um, Melbourne Storm. Um, and I, you know, do do you put a line through uh, the Rabbitohs with no um, Latrell? I mean, to me, they look like a much uh, a much more deficient sort of go at the the title without Latrell there. Um, and, you know, the Chooks, I probably wasn't given much of a chance to go deep, deep in the finals. But um, I think with the amount of stuff that has happened to the poor old Roosters this year and how gallant they've been, um, Manu's a big loss. He's been he's been one of the, you know, the very bright sparks for them um, this year. So, look, Latrell's going to take, um, take the six weeks and, you know, sucked in in a way because he's just a grub. He really has been quite grubby. Um, and I'm sure, you know, he doesn't mean to, you know, put, you know, cave in bloody Manu's face, but it, the aggression goes over the line. Um, you know, he's lashed out with boots at Luke Garner and kicked, you know, old Brimson in the face and broke his jaw. You know, he got suspended for the old no for Luma lash out and, you know, um, for, for a fullback to be the most suspended player in, in weeks wise in the year, it's just crazy. Um... Paulo's going to cop a week for, I think it was a shoulder charge, or maybe. Um, what else have we got? We've got um, Ramian going to just get a fine for he, 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 what's his name, High. That absolutely surprises me because Ramian has got absolute form uh, and he looked like he collected him pretty well, pretty, pretty, pretty well collected him in the head there. And a uh, fine, that seems... I should be playing people in the grand final next week who don't have Ramian in their team because a fine for someone who's already got charges for the exact same thing in the past, that uh, surprises me. And also, while we're on surprises, um, how um, Harry Grant just gets a fine for that hooked leg and, and hip drop type thing on the, on the knee, well, I don't understand why... Um, we take into account how injured or how long a player is out when it comes to, you know, the charges given to a player. It's just, shouldn't it just be the act? I mean, Takiyaho got a hip drop in his game um, and that player is, is facing a sanction. I mean, there's, because Old Mate didn't 
get injured, why is Harry Grant, why, why are we looking at that so fine? I mean, far out. If if that had gone, if he'd gone down even on the wrong angle, even just slightly, the way that he hooked that leg around and then dropped down on that knee, that could do an ACL or could bust a person's leg. We need, we, do we need that before we say, okay, well, that, 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 that act is no good. That To me, that's got to be... When we look at minimums, something like what he did there cannot ever be just a fine. It can never just be a fine. And I don't understand how Ramian, who's got form for high shots, and um, you know how the, how he's getting a fine. Um, but anyway, it's just weird. I should be playing people next week in my grand finals of Supercoach that don't have Ramian or Harry Grant. But you know, maybe some justice will be that bloody you know Grant. I'm sure he plays. I'm sure he plays next week because he's had, you know, time out. Um, look, Gutho hurt his, you know, just I think it was a bit on shin or knee or whatever. It looks like, you know, Brad Arthur has said um, he's going to rest him next week. So, you know, Gutho's pretty well owned. Um, and, you know, there's still a rough chance at the old, you know, um, top four. So it surprises me. But he said 100% guaranteed um, Gutho will not be playing next week. So, um, you know, that's that's interesting, I think, for teams. Um, look, in the other talking points, you know, the, you saw the bunker work and that, and I'll just put in there that Robo agrees with Ada. Well, I never rated um, Paranara as a ref. I didn't have rated him as a, as a bunker uh, operator. And, and, I mean, I'm watching today's Manly game, and they've got... Um, did Old Man go to the bin for pulling... To Powell's hair, I mean, it's absolutely bloody. They rule a try on one that looked like Turbo dropped it, and it's just like, I reckon they only get thirty percent of the calls at best right in the bunker. You know, the bunker interferes when they shouldn't, and on calls, success rate. I don't think they get more than thirty percent of them right. Um, all right, so. The key thing that we're going to be looking at towards next week is who's going to rest. I mean, especially, um, you know, in the in the scheme of things, what what positions are up for grab on on grabs on the ladder? Um, look, Melbourne were actually pretty bloody shit if we if we're being honest. Um, and you know, Bellamy Belly, um, Bellamy said and and always has done the old resting of players. Um, and then if I'm, if I was a betting man, I would say that he probably will rest players next week. Um, but look, you know, with Penrith winning today, um, if they lose to the Sharks, Melbourne, they won't take out the minor premiership. Now the cheese said on the old, uh, Fox sports there that they don't care about the minor premiership. It's the real premiership. Now I agree with him on that, but getting that, uh, <laughs> the minor premiership, I'm sure the belly, bellyache wants the, the minor premiership. Um, and also, he's had a lot of players out, and, and I think the continuity between um, players on the field for Melbourne has really been quite... I know they were going for a record, and such a strange thing to say that they've looked average. Um, I, I really haven't thought Melbourne have been... I think they've been going down. And, you know, back... Um, you know, go back about five, six weeks ago, I would have said, you might as well just hand Melbourne the premiership. Um, I really think that the way that they've been playing and with the lineup that they're running with, um, you know, Melbourne might be a nose ahead of other teams for the Premiership, in my view. I think Souths, Penrith and Manly could really, well, maybe not Souths now without um, without Latrell, but I think that Penrith and, um, 
and Manly could really give them a shake. Uh, I think that they're so much closer together. And there's a number of reasons why I think that. I think that Melbourne, um, look, they fucking suck with Pappenhausen at the back. And, you know, I said on the podcast last week that Paps is back and he got the 80 minutes and he looked good. Look, um, you know, it was against the Raiders, I guess. And you're coming to the business end of the year, you, they're going to be playing harder games. And, um, they don't look better with Paps at the back. I mean, I, even though I thought the Paps was imp- improved and with the 80 minutes he tunned up last week, I still think Melbourne as a team look a heck of a lot better with Hines at fullback. Um, look, now Bellyacre seems to have made his decision. He started with Paps this week um, and he put Paps at fullback and Hines on the bench. And look, Hines got a few extra minutes there with an injury, but he was the... He was the benchy, you know, and I think it would have only been 15, 20 minutes for Hines, um, if not for an injury. So he's made his mind up, I guess, maybe maybe after this game. It's sort of, I know he was unimpressed after that game, but um, look, I think that Melbourne, if they play out the remainder of this year um, with Pappenhausen at fullback, uh, barring you know, him improving and finding his confidence and form again. But if he plays, I mean, he's been back for a while now and the last couple of weeks he's had fullback and Melbourne just don't look better. They don't look um, as slick and they don't look as, you know, damaging um, in in attack. They're just too clunky and they look heaps better whenever Hines is on the field and in in that fullback position. I don't know if they're going to make the decision on that, but I think that if they play the whole final series with Paps and he doesn't improve, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Melbourne wins the premiership. Um, yeah, but anyway, so on the subject of Melbourne having looking pretty rough and, and getting rolled um, by Parramatta, who were pretty bloody good, actually, by the way. Nice resurgence from Parramatta. I still don't think they're going to win the premiership or even give it too much of a shake, but they were good to... You know, they rolled them. They rolled them Melbourne the other day, and Melbourne was were pretty smelly out there. Sorry, sip of coffee while it's hot. Um, so, you know, does does um, Craig Bellamy rest all the players that he thinks he was going to rest? Well, I think it's going to be a combo of suspended, um, because Jesse Bromwich is going to get suspended um, for a couple of weeks for his crusher, or a week, I think, maybe. Um, he's going to have Nelson back. Uh, and Fanukan, so I'm sure they'll play. Um, I think that Grant will play because he's had enough time out this year, and same with Paps. And and Belly might be tempted to play some players, um, you know, uh, that they need to work on some combinations and get a little bit more slick out there. So maybe he doesn't rest as many as he thinks he um, will rest. I mean, on top of that, he's got, you know, the Fox who's had a hamstring, which is a blow to teams, um, out to finals, you know, so, um, look, there'll be some restings, I would expect that Hughes plays, um, maybe Munster gets a rest, but I'm just going to go through some players and what I think the chances are after the week that they've had, I mean, look, um, you know, Manly, they've got every reason to want to go out there with a fairly good, um, strength of team next week, um, as does, um, you know, the Roosters and, and Parramatta, because, that top, four, that fourth spot is up for grabs big time. I think Manly will take the fourth spot. Um, they're currently in that fourth spot, um, but you know they've got every, you know, every motivation to go out there with a strong team. Um, Ponga, um, look, the Knights they can't really drop any lower on the ladder, um, and they can't really go any higher on the ladder. So, you know, plausibly we have to think that there's a chance that um, 
Pongares. I don't know, maybe 50%, 60%. We know he's been troubled with injury. Um, look, over the other side, I think with um, Cook, I thought that Cook would have been a, a possibility for a rest, um, you know, and, and probably Cody Walker as well. Um, but, you know, you've got a bit of an injury there to Adam Reynolds and you've lost Luttrell. Um, so, you know, there's they, they may not get, arrest out of Cook and, and Walker, maybe. I think that they, he might fight the temptation to give them a rest, um, but there's definitely got to be a chance for, I think probably mostly Cook, Murray um, and Walker, but we, I think that with Adam Reynolds out, <laughs> as if you're going to rest Cody Walker, and you know even to an extent Cook, because you need, a, you need some organisation out there when you lose um, Adam Reynolds. Um, look, there would have been a, probably a world in which um, Teddy um, would have had a rest, um, but I don't think he's going to rest now. I think he's got to be low percentage, you know, 30% maybe. Um, Teddy's carrying them on their back, and look, even losing Mardu now, they're just so depleted for numbers. I just don't think that Teddy's going to rest next week. Um, Turbo, um, look, he had a rest last week. He was, you know, out there today, and they were probably less than convincing against the Bulldogs, if we're being honest. Um, and look, Turbo said after the game, he is 100% playing next week. So, um, you know, and I think that with that top four, the four, fourth position on the line, two bites of the cherry, um, I think Turbo's going to play next week. There is obviously a chance, um, you know, but uh, I think most likely I would put a tick next to Turbo, I'd put a tick next to Teddy. I'd put a maybe, I don't know either way for Cook. Um, Walker, I would put nearly a tick. I think he has to play, especially with Reynolds, you know, under the injury cloud. Um, Cleary, um, you know, they've got a playoff for this minor premiership, you know, and I, um, you know, would have had Cleary at maybe a 60% chance of a rest. Obviously with the shoulder, you know, um, maybe a little a week off in the lead up into to finals, especially if positions are all sorted. Um, but look, I think that's it could be fifty fifty. You know, he might rest. Um, you know, because they got a, they got capable people to fill in, I guess. But um, you know, next week they have a tough matchup, and it's it could decide the the, the minor premiership. Um, but it would not surprise me if they if they rested him. Um, I doubt that DCE is going to rest. Um, he's not sort of the resting type, DCE. Um, and look, I think it's going to be important for them to take the top four. Paps, I doubt it. I think he's going to play. He's had a lot enough time out, and he really could. He needs every run he can get. Um, Munster is one of the ones from the Melbourne Storm. I think is is the most is probably one of the most likely to be rested. Um, he's he obviously with all the rep footy and everything and. He hasn't been without his injury concerns as well. So, I mean, I think he could be a chance. Um, we know the Fox is obviously out with injury. Uh, look, Hughes is a maybe. He, he's had a full year and played, you know, near every game, I think. And he had that concussion as well. Maybe the concussion and the week off after might um, mean that he does actually play. All right. Uh, into the scores. There was some good scores this week. Um, I, I thought that... Ponga with the 80 was, you know, encouraging. Um, it wasn't, you know, like the, the big 150 Ponga. Um, you know, it's 
not 150, is it? But, you know, last week he got 30-odd and he got a, a crap score the week before. He really looked a lot busier in this game. Um, and 80 points is, is, is definitely an okay score for your take it at this point of the year. The old 80s are important. Um, look, you know, for Fida with an 85 as well, I'll take that as a score. You know, we know that both of these players can go above 100, but because they've been out of sorts, 80 and 85 is, is quite good. Um, look, you know, it seems like it's the peak of what Tino can do, really, but 65 I put down as an okay score. Um, Alex Johnston, uh, 113, he got some pies, um, you know, after that quiet game last week, it looks like, um, you know, they got some attack out to his side, and, and he went over for tries, um, Luttrell, he, he got himself a 98, and then, you know, to send himself off with a good score for the year, bye-bye Trell, um, but 98 was a good score, um, Murray was good out there with a, did he, what did Murray get, did he get 70? Murray, let's have a look at you, buddy, because he'd be a popular sort of buy. 70 for Murray. Yep, a good, good score, I guess, Um, you know, what Murray's capable of. Cody got over for a ton, which is, is great. Sometimes you worry about him in the old big matchup, and I think he looked like he was on 30 before the last 10 minutes <laughs> in the life scoring. So, I mean, to get over the ton, he, he, I know he really turned it on in the last, you know, minutes of the game. Um, Cook with a 76 was fine he he there was a time where cook was having a shit 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 year but i think he's put through some four or five good scores in a row um which is fantastic he he, he came i think he's come good at the the right time of the year um Hass was good with a 78 um hughes was good with a 77 um you know Hass gets 70s 80s every week and, and hughes is just you know, reliable in the Melbourne Storm outfit. He, he's always, you know, he's got the ability to go a ton, but he, you'll get, you know, lows of 50, 60, 70s, you know, the, without any, any trouble at all. Um, IPAP, it looks like in the big game, he played a bit more in the way of minutes, which is really good to see. Um, 75 for him. And, um, you know, oh, when I think about it, he, he, he could probably be a candidate for a rest as well. He's played every game this year. Um but look, they're a chance for the top four as well. So, you know, who, who do they rest? But I would not be surprised if I saw IPAP have a rest. Um, look, Rapana uh, in, in the fullback position has been really, really good. He's been one of Canberra's, well, probably Canberra's best uh, player. 124 tonned up and he's pretty well owned, uh, Rapana. And um, those tons at this time of the year are amazing. Um, Tessie New got a 90. Uh, Ramian with a 76 was was good out there um he, he's a really consistent scorer um yeah turbo um he was the captain for Ado this week and for most of the serious players out there um and he's had a he had a rip snorter it looked like you know they, it was hard old work out there for manly against the dogs <laughs> it just surprises me but i think they played a little bit complete with a bit of complacency um you know, to today, but he, he got over for some tries, I think he got three tries maybe, but yeah, 159, he was the captain, and um, you know, mate, Turbo's a set and forget captain, and, and this, you know, obviously he says he's going to play next week, he's probably going to be the captain next week as well, isn't he? Um, Daily Cherry Evans, 117, it absolutely bloody well baffles me, you know, in the last seconds of the game where he took that intercept and he puts Saab away down the sideline for the 80-meter run for the try, 
and he gets a try contribution for it are you fucking serious how does any scorer watch an intercept and then pass to the event to the try scorer and say that that's a try contribution so daily cherry evans his intercept and him waiting for the winger to catch up to him there and puts him away down the sideline is not a try assist get out of here that's crazy he's been gypped he needs eight more extra points not a try contribution it's a try assist but he's 117 was a was a good score Saab obviously the beneficiary of some tries he did bomb some fucking tries oh gee Saab can bomb a try can't he um 77 um look you know without Luke Thompson there's no one sort of over there for the dogs that you would have in your team um and in the last game um Viliami Kigau, he had a great game, 113. He, he's come off the bench and had some real impact. Um, Brian Toto, mate, comes back in five weeks or whatever after getting ankle surgery. 85, ran over 200 meters. What an absolute animal. Um, look, Cleary with a 75. Um, you know, people were saying, you know, uh, Turbo might break the record, but so will Cleary. But look, I think that Cleary you know he he is probably on everybody's list as a the first picked you know in your teams for next year and i think he'll average 100 uh, per game next next year but i think with the shoulder we've got to set our expectations a little lower for cleary um since he's come back from you know the shoulder has he tunned up um i I think he's naturally a little bit depleted uh, you know in his ball play um yeah so 20 he's got an 82 and 86 which you know nothing to sneeze at it's still a great score as was his score you know this week you know you'll, you'll take the 75 but um 150s and 200s i think i don't know it just i don't think he's going to get that for you in the grand final um you know luai picked up he got 69 there uh he was on five at half time i know i was watching in the turbo sammy's cup Tavita Pangai, he was good too, 66. Um, we took Amano, mate. He's been the cheapie that of the year, I think, nearly. Um, you know, bought at least in the forwards. He, he, since he went to that origin camp, he's been bloody awesome. Scored a try today, 81. Um, yeah, what else? Nothing much in there. Um, now we'll go through some shit scores. Um, Look, Teddy scored 18 points, and I just, mate, isn't it amazing? Like, Teddy, 18, you would never think that he could score that bad, um, and especially after last week, the big 180, um, look, you know, Souths were up for the game, it was a spiteful old thing, and um, they really put a lot of pressure on Teddy in that game, and, you know, he's, he's human, Teddy is human. Um, and the 17 was an absolutely atrocious score and, um, you know, would have hurt some teams and, and some scores because, you know, this week it was, you know, Ponga and, and Turbo were a pretty good combo to own, um, you know, and Petty and Turbo's just not as good, you know. Um, so, yeah, but it was a shit score and, and you know, uh, who do they play next week? They've got a tough old mate. Oh, no, they've got the Raiders. I think Teddy will bounce, bounce back in that game as well next week. You know, the shit thing would have been that probably, you know, you, you, Teddy going as bad as that could have cost some people some, you know, get finals, you know, could have cost people some, some of those prelims. Um, what else have we got for some bad scores? Tupanua uh, with a 19 was a bad score. 
Tupu, 36, you know, he got the ton or whatever last week, but it was back to shithouse this week. Um, look, you know, they were in a tough matchup and there was no tries for for Toops out there. Walsh with a 27, um, was just shit score. Curran, who's been uber pod and uber reliable, um, 38, not the greatest. Bird's pretty well owned with a 27 is shit. Talakai, 36, uh, wow. It's been a, a pretty old poor ride um, with Talakai. Look, Hines, 38, shit. Um, but look, you know, that's we're looking at it on contrast of where he's, what his average is for the year. And obviously going back to the part-time old Benchy, um, 38 was actually pretty good. He came on and, you know, really sparked their attack. Um, but look, 38 is um, not, not a great score for the week. Um, oh, I should probably have a look at the last couple of games. If there was any shit scores. Um, Manly game. Was there any surprises in there for bad scores? Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, all the ones that you'd expect scored pretty good. You know, I don't think there was any surprises in there. Um, in the Panthers game, any surprising bad scores? Um... I mean, Nofaluma, 37, it's not the Nofaluma of old, is he? Really? I think he did some good things in the game, you know, but maybe it was just defensively or clutch. You know, it wasn't enough for scores. Um, yeah, you know, nothing really terrible, you know, in the in the Panthers game. Um, look, you know, head-to-heads finals are going to be next week, um, you know, I think you you go and play your head to heads, um, you know, with whatever whatever suits you know the head to head that you're in. I mean, you know, you might have one of them, one cashy and two for social ones. Whichever one means the most to you um, is usually the one that I focus on. You know, my attention, um, and I try to make my moves as late as I can, and and um, obviously. You know, like today when I was looking at my head-to-heads, you know, I was pretty much confident of two of them that I'd go in uh, and win. Um, and I thought if I maybe, you know, anti-potted um, Turbo and went someone like Garrick, I could have given myself a chance to win four or five. Um, now, I weighed up the options for that and um, there was a chance that if I went for the the pod in Garrick and, and, and anti-potted um turbo you know i could have lost even the two that were pretty guaranteed so um look you know i finished with three wins so i got one above what i you know had anticipated and i stayed with turbo which would have meant like nearly as a captain you know 200 points to my team um but in in your head-to-head finals um you know i would very rarely ever start with your vc and c on the actual players that you're going to vc and c um you know if you've got more than 17 you know maybe having some little um red herrings uh, picked as a reserve um you know to keep your partner guessing or your opponent sorry guessing um and look you know i think um you know setting your vc you know obviously the same as we all set our vc you've got to pick someone who's a ceiling or whatever but um which you know goes without saying but um, look, you know, you next week, or if Tommy Turbo plays, he's going to be the most obvious um, captain, you know, so you, you're most likely going to be up against somebody who, whoever's 
behind, you know, in the head-to-head, um, <laughs> you know, we'll, might do something a little kooky and go off Tommy Turbo to try to get them as a Hail Mary, you know, so you can either hold your nerve if you're in the lead, you know, and a lot of it has to come down to that, so, um, you know, like next week you'd expect that maybe Garrick and um, Turbo play, and if you're like way behind in your head-to-head, um, maybe like what I was contemplating this week could be an option for you where you you know, zag and go Garrick, you know, this week it didn't work, wouldn't have worked out for you, but, you know, in a, in a final, um, you know, something like that, or even a DCE, you know, he, he scored well today over a ton, um, you know, and, and there's every chance being the final round, as long as they lock up the top four, Turbo's a prime candidate for, you know, a rest, um, you know, but yeah, strategies for grand finals, I think, are, are that, you know, don't, um, read too much into what your opponent's doing. Just keep an eye on them and make your decisions last minute. You know, like who you're going to p- pick as a reserve, who you're going to play, who's you, who would pick your last your VC at the last, you know, minute before kickoff. Um, and and the same with your captain. You know, um, like I said, build it around the fact that if they're in the lead, they're probably going to stay on Tommy Turbo. Um, you know, and you might give yourself a chance in those finals. Um, hoping to get a guest on tonight. We're going to simply talk um, a little bit of every team, you know, and their sort of um, super coach, you know, MVP, you know, and, and who has been the super coach dunce from each team. You know, we've looked at our over the years, over the, over the year, and in, in some of my episodes of people who we've thought were the best in this position or that position, but. Um, we're just going to go team through team and, and look at who the MVP has been in, in each team. I mean, sometimes um, when you overstack your team with players from one team, you, we often hear super coach players say, oh, you know, I don't want to have too many of that from that back line or I don't want to have too many of their forward pack or this, that, and the other. I mean, it can happen sometimes too. Like if you have um, eight Melbourne players and you go into the grand final next week with eight Melbourne players, you know traditionally that Melbourne rest, you know, uh, bulk players in the final round. So you're going to probably go into a grand final, you know, way unders, you know. So um, looking at each team and who's been, you know, there is merit in sort of spreading out um, if there are, have got, you know, viable options in, um, in, in a lot of teams to try to, spread a good you know a good spackling of players from different teams in your super coach teams not a, a rule but just as law of averages you know um you know you might have a star in the back line or on the wing you know like um in, for south you know it's on that left side you can take a piece of gag eye you take a piece of alex johnston you know um y- you you know that Turbo's going left and, you know, you have Garrick and you know that Garrick's going to be a lot more consistent than Saab because they don't go as right as much. And, you know, Turbo can go right, but, you know, just a bit of education in it. But we're going to go through teams and have a look at who their MVP, who, for super coach, whatever. It doesn't have to necessarily be the one that has the highest average. It could just be this person who started the lowest price or didn't dip in the year. You know, some, you know David Fafita will win a lot of awards as being the best second rower of the year because of his, his total average. But if you look at his last five weeks, his last three weeks, um, he's been a, a burden. He's been a burden on your team. So, you know, his average is going down at a rate of knots and he's probably a rough chance of not even finished with the high, highest average. I think IPAP is actually back up in top spot for front row and second row, if you know what I mean. So, you know, people who owned Luai, they would not say Luai could have a great average, but the people that bought him at 
top price and then got all of his 20s and 30s will not say that he's been an MVP for Penrith this year because he's fucked a lot of us in Supercoach this year for whatever reason. Um, anyway, so we'll talk with my guest about um, the teams and who we think they're you know the best Supercoach you know prospects have been for the year and who were the worst ones. But uh, we should hear from them soon. So, yeah. All right, I'm back. I've got a, a special guest with me here. It's one half of the BJ on Game Day hosting circle. We've had we've had Brent on, and now we got Joshy. How are you, mate? Good, buddy. Good. Thanks for the invite, mate. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and it seems only fair to have you know have both of you on. Um, we haven't seen you as much on the old BJ on Game Day this year. I've you know guest filled in a few times. Yeah, mate. Look, I really obviously appreciate what you've done yourself, and obviously Kendo and a few others. It's um been a bit of a tough year for me super coach wise i sort of wasn't into it from the start but um mate it's it's nice to get on and, and when you sort of reached out to me earlier in the week if i wanted to jump on mate i, I couldn't wait you know i was really really excited to so uh hopefully next season mate i can i can jump back on board with my own show and, and get that back up and running and i guess get it back to what me and brent wanted it to be um it's just one of those things mate when you're doing it for three or four years and, and life gets in the way uh, or, you, or your super coach team goes to shit. You sort of lose a little bit of motivations, mate. But uh, <laughs> but mate, yeah, it's 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 good, mate. It, obviously, uh, today I I had a couple of seasons finished with with cashies and things like that. I uh, I've died with one trade up the bag and a couple of them just because I was trying to hope to get through it. Final, yeah. And that's sort of blown back and. Yeah, but anyway, mate, it is what it is. Yeah, well, I've made three of my, the six that I could have made for finals. One of them is the BJ on Game Day Invitational. Ado's into the, yeah, I knocked over Bundy and I'm into the final against Kando. Should be all right. Um, And unfortunately, I lost to Wayno in the old draft there. He fucking rolled me in the final because I lost Dewey. I lost Dewey last week and a few, I I played um, Brad Parker. Oh, wow. You, you know you got you struggling when you got to bring Brad Parker in, mate. It's, yeah. Well, yeah, Hines back to the bench and, and Brad Parker in. I was always on a hiding to nowhere. But, uh, look, made the final in that, and I'm going to make the final in the in the Invitational. And I'm in the grand yeah. I'm in the grand final of the Turbos Hammies Cup, which I think is pretty bloody good too because, you know. Mate, cons- look, considering the competition, that, that's, that's elite, mate. You know, like that's – we, we – we make these shows and we do these podcasts and these these videos and stuff because at the end of the day, mate, this is a this is a game that we've we've become obsessed with. <laughs> we know the ins and outs. We see things that other people don't. And when you get a league together that that you know was organised there with twenty of the best, um, you see, you know, top three all year long with, with regards to league ranking. I think that's just absolutely huge. Um, yeah. And when you got basically the winner, the you know Timmy, I'm, I'm calling it early. I'm going the early pro. <laughs> He's got it next week for sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, the 50,000. Uh, look, yeah, just huge, mate. Just huge to, to be in a community like this with, with plenty of lads who just enjoy it. And, yeah. And um, we can feed off each other, give each other advice, and maybe we get more and more followers from it as well. Yeah, definitely. I think there's it's a good place there on the old Facebook, you know, to, to get your podcasts because everyone's sharing to, to there and... Um, you know, just, yeah, a lot of talking shop, I guess, with a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people have opened themselves up who do podcasts so that everyone can get to know them a little bit more. And, you know, you even got to see the strategy, I guess, of how some of them play, you know, and, um, me, I think it's no surprise to me that I made the final because I'm, I play head to head more than I play overall, really. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, I, I knocked over uh, Mikey from the SC Experience, and I'm in the final against the SC Spy from uh, the playbook. So, I mean, he had like four reserves that didn't play this week. So he's got depth, yeah. like nobody's business. Yeah. yeah. Look, I, I, I saw the same thing in, in one of my leagues, the cash leagues. There's, there's a guy who's dominated all year long. He's in about the top three or 400. And, you know, he had Rapana on the bench who scored 125. <laughs> he had Dunster on the bench who scored 85. He had a couple of other players who scored six. And I just think most people are lucky to be field that team. Yeah. Even your experts, you know, even your pros. There's just some people just all year long, you know, like your Timmies and that, who just pulled the right rein every yep. week. And, mate, that's what it takes to win. You know, mm. what used to be the top 1,000 is now top 10,000. Everyone yep. knows how to play this game. You know, everyone knows the, the mistakes not to make. Um, it's it's become more and more competitive, mate. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, to be successful and finish, you know, right up in the business end, you need to make logical, smart decisions and have a good old dose of luck. And, yes. um, you know, like Timmy today, he plays someone like Kickow, who's a fucking pod. You know, yeah. for a ton off the bench, you know, yeah. like that's that's pulling the right reins. And he's... Oh, I was worried for him when I saw him get you know benched. You know, I saw they obviously started with Martin. I was just like, oh, just going to backfire. But how often do you see it, mate? Like these guys when they come on and everyone else is fatigued after twenty minutes. Mm. These sometimes it's your bench players that can score well, but it's hard to have those guys score well all year long. Yeah. Maybe, what, two or three weeks ago, Kikia scored about a 20 or a 30, yeah. which we've seen plenty of it as well. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, today you've got him and um, TPJ on the same side of the field, and the Bulldogs' defenders are just like, fuck me. Who, who do I go for here? But, um, yeah, look, you know, Tim's finished with a 15, 15.09 pre-updates, and I think he that, that looks to me like he'll extend his lead. And um, I, I love someone who's he's led for a good long while, you know, and yeah. you love to see someone who's who's gone out and they've held on to the lead all, all that length of time, and I, I could, it's so well-deserved. So, well done to him. Oh, huge, mate, huge. And, you know, for the SC experience, those boys are just going to benefit from it, you know. Watch watch their pod blow up next year, and, and credit to it, mate. They've been doing it, you know, for plenty of years like we all have, and, yeah, absolutely happy for them. Couldn't have, couldn't have wished better for them. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, it's just a, it's just a, a privilege. You know, it's kind of nice to know someone... You know, you know them. You know, the winners come from people you know. Yeah, so anyway. All right, well, what we're going to talk about this week um, is I'm going to go through the teams and I'm going to talk about who I think, uh, you know, from a super coach, who who gets the award as their MVP for the year for whatever reason and who I think is their worst. I think you'll be a good one for who's been the shit can't for each team um because there's been some real disappointments this year and um we'll we'll just kick it off do you want to start at the top of the ladder with the storm or do you want to start down the bottom with with the shit teams oh let's start down the bottom mate because uh yeah (laughs) they're much easier all right well so from the bulldogs to me it it goes without saying their mvp has been luke thompson 60 66.5 average he has found a bit of a suspension this year which has probably you know detracted a, a bit from him, but he's he's their best average for the year, and yep. he's probably the only one that anyone's really owned in their super coach team, to be quite honest. Yeah, look, I, I wasn't I wasn't really ever sold on him, but he, he's shown that he is that good performer. Yeah, um, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I know obviously there's a lot of English players that have come across to the Raiders and, and some other teams that have had success. Uh, the fact that he went to the Bulldogs concerned me a little bit, but. 
He's shown, mate, that he is a quality player. He's got good speed, good offload. Um, and, yeah, look, I'd agree, obviously, that um, he's probably their standout in a team that really doesn't have many. Yeah. Um, they really haven't had too much to sort of write home about the Bulldogs. We knew it was going to be a tough season for them. A lot of their signings haven't sort of come out as, as being, yeah, any good. And, and mate, really, he's the, the clear standout. Yeah, um, the worst for me, and you know, he hasn't actually been that terrible when he's been on, but I've got Jack Hetherington. The main reason for is, is look, he started the year 15% owned, so people went with him, um, and fuck, he's had some time on the sidelines, so like, you know, imagine all these weeks where he's been sent off, or you lose the points, and you know, he's sort of only ever getting 20s and 30s, mainly, because sometimes he goes on and he loses a bunch of points in all the negative play, and then you lose him for, you know, multiple weeks. Yeah, mate, look, it's, and that's the disappointing part, isn't it? I mean, I remember I started the season, I was one of those 15% I did have him. He was around that 300k mark. Him and uh, Ophahiki Ogden, who I actually held for the whole 25 weeks. <laughs> um, purely, it's just always that one play you sort of can't get rid of. I did manage to get rid of Jack, but it's just disappointing, mate, because... Anyone can see it. Anyone can see the potential there in a player like him. He's had it at there. He's had it at Penrith. And as I say, I haven't watched as much footy this year. And what I've actually, a lot of the games, um, I've just jumped onto the NRL website and watched the sort of play-by-play. And the amount of times you see his name come up for dangerous tackle and for infringement and everything, you just think, you know, if there was ever an ill-disciplined player that, that if they got that out of their game, they'd benefit and super goes by probably 20 to 30 points a game. It's him. Yeah. So there's the potential there, mate, but I just don't think it'll ever be realised. Yeah, and I mean, I think if he didn't get a, a suspended and he got a good 10-week block of playing, I think he'd be kind of like Yutikamano, where you'd just see that improvement. Because he's a, he's a good defender, he's got a bit of attack, and he can fend off. And, um, you know, here's a, a something that might shock you. You know who spent the most weeks suspended this year? It's not Jack Hetherington. It's no, I thought it. I thought it might be Angus Crichton or something like that. <laughs> it's Latrell now with his six Bullshit. weeks. Yeah, Latrell has spent go. the most weeks at fullback because he's there obviously go, got man. a couple of screws loose as well on the old angry, angry pills. Yeah, look, look, we can talk about that very shortly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right, now off to the Cowboys. I've got Val Holmes um, as the MVP, mainly because he's you can pick him in the centre wing. Um, he kicks goals, 66.7 average for the year. is pretty good in the centre wing. And, you know, quite frankly, he's been fucking shafted around that team. Wing, centre. He's in centres this week. And so he's had some things that have probably cost him on the scoring. But, um, you know, he's, he's, he's sitting there at a pretty good average for the year. And if he had a good chance to stay at fullback for the whole year, I yeah. think he would have averaged 70s, you know. But it is. It's a disappointing part, especially... It's not like he's a player with no ability or no track record. Now, I know he obviously came back from the States and NFL, but you know, that season he had with Cronulla two or three years ago, that was just, he was the best player in the game. You know? like that sort of six to eight-week span before he left, he was the best player in the game and in Supercoach. And the pedigree's there, and he's shown it whichever position he's played in. He always turns up. Look, obviously the goal-kicking helps, mm. uh, but like you say, that duality, that full-back centre wing... Um, is huge, and if you had him in the centre wings from the start, you sort of just, as you say, that 66 average, this is sort of what we look at is, if you find that captain week in, week out, that just has the average and you just leave it on him, which is obviously we talk about Turbo, mm. uh, let's say he plays 25 games a year, you're so far ahead of everyone else 
and Val's the same. He could have just been a, a set and forget in the centre wings. Yeah, and I mean, look, you know, you've got these coaches, like he, he's one of those ones that just changes everything around in a panic, you know, because he's trying to make his way as a coach. And um, one of the... You know, one of the people that have suffered is probably Val Holmes because of all the changing around. And, and this bloke here who is the worst is Lolo. I'm going to say he's worst. Not because, I mean, you've got a lot of players in there that haven't done well, but you didn't expect anything out of them. And Lolo, the fall from grace is just huge. He spent time on the sidelines with these weird broken hands. And, um, you know, even his just um, output when he's been on the field has been down. He's averaged for the year 56.2. And, and I kind of think in a way... You would never ever thought that you would say that about Lolo. He averages fifties. Yeah. 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 Look, it's it's disappointing, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, it's just a, such a large fall from Grace Grace in the in the Super Coach world. Um, and but even game to game, you know, he he's a player that the Cowboys basically rely on. You know, he's a he's a player that you, you couldn't exactly call him a one player team, but when he was there, they were a better team. Mm. This year you couldn't say that. You know whether yeah. he was there or not, they were just the Cowboys. Yeah. So a uh, little bit disappointing. I'm not too sure how many years he is through that ten year, ten million dollar contract, whatever it is. But yeah. I think I think this is it. I think we don't really bring him into calculations anymore from here. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. I think in his in his career on that ten year deal or whatever, this is the first year that he that's he's in the red. Every other year, he's, yeah. you would have said he's worth every penny. He's worth it. Yeah, yeah. correct. All yeah. right. On to the Broncos. The best for me is Haas. He's sitting there with a 70.2 average. And, you know, you remember yeah. he started, you know, he missed those first couple of rounds and he started a little slowly. Everyone was like, is Haas dead? But the moment that Lodge left and Carrigan was, you know, out, you know, Haas, there was that talk at the start of the year that they were going to try to manage his minutes and then Kevy just went, yeah. fuck that for an idea and he started playing him the minutes and, you know, Hass has just been their best player. Mate, I'm, I'm, look, obviously Hass is the clear cut. I'm going to throw in another one in there because one, I've had my doubts on him. Um, I couldn't be proven more wrong this year and I don't think he got enough game time or enough chance to perform that and that's testing you. Yeah. Um, this, this kid's got so much ability. Mm. I think, I know maybe he was sort of off con or there was a little bit of talk about mm. some other teams trying to get him. I don't know what the status is there. As I say, I've sort of been out of the loop. But I just think what I've seen from Tessie, he's an excitement machine. And, and I think from a super coach point of view, I don't know whether he's going to keep his duality next year. I don't know what it'll be like. He's obviously sent away fullback this year. Mm. Um, don't know what that'll be. Mm. Right. Yeah, he was actually pretty <laughs> handy when he when you could pick him in the centre wing. When he got picked in fullback, he's been scoring pretty well there. He seems to bulked yeah. up or whatever when he was out, and he's been yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, mate, yeah, look, I, I think obviously Haas is a, a long way ahead, of it, but probably, yeah, Tessie Nguyen and maybe a, a Jordan Ricky just sort of, you know, photo finish for second. Yeah, and I mean, um, for me, I've got probably the worst. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard. I think, you know, you've got players... Oh, I don't know. I, I had, like, you could have a combination of um, Coates or um, who was the halfback who's had minimum games or Milford. You know, they... Everyone gets sucked into a MILF every year and, um, you know, they haven't had the game time. I mean, look, even if... I, I've got some names in here as well. At a point in the year, Ricky probably was 
I mean, his late form in the year was great, but when everyone bought him at the start of the year, he was 57% owned. And then he went yeah. and did... He had a run of scores. This was his scores. 19, 42, 35, 48, 33, 16. So in... There was a period where he was coming off the bench, you know, and he was just a yeah. dead... A dead... You know, flogging a dead horse. Um, yeah. And he's come back, you know, obviously in the end of the year, getting the starting spot and being a lot better. But... Um, yeah, I mean, look, there's Haas and, and New and, um, you know, who else? Flegler's been pretty, a bit disappointing, you know. I, I know a lot of people owned him at a point, but there's not much really from Haas down, unfortunately, with the Broncos. No, look, I was disappointed, Xavier Coates, mate. I think, um, again, we, we talk about the word potential and there is obviously a lot there. I think that comes back to the Broncos as well. The fact is that when this bloke, you know, I'm sure you remember when he came on, on the scene and, that first game against Cronulla where he caught a couple of bombs and scored two tries. and Straight away you see the blueprint of what this guy, you know, mm. and, and all of a sudden you can't tackle in the air, which means, you know, on either side of the ball, which means this guy should be able to get to a target. But the Broncos are just that disorganised that they can't set up for that fifth play option mm. to, to go to him and to make him an attacking weapon. So, um, yeah, look, that's... As much as it's disappointing him, it's disappointing in the Broncos sort of outfit as well. Yeah, I think next year when he goes to Melbourne, they will utilise him as a target in the air because they're not a, they're not a shit team. Absolutely. Uh, over to the Tigers. To me, it was a standout. The best was Dewey. Um, Dewey was outstanding this year. Twenty percent. Uh, oh, sorry, he's played twenty games. Seventy nine. He was his average. And I mean, his average would have been mid to high 80s if he didn't have that little stint in the centre wing, you know? Yeah. He's yeah. just had an outstanding year. Real disappointing to lose him right at the business end of the year. And I, I have no way to trade him out. So he's just a, he's just dead on the yeah. on the bench there. But it was a great year. People who got on Dewey early um, and yeah. they had like Cody Walker and Dewey, you know, 5'8", they, they had a great, you know, great pairing. And he, he, he was the one. He was basically um, similar to Isaiah Papali, similar to that. The, the people who sort of had them early and stuck by him, as you say, a couple of weeks there, it was in the centres that sort of affected him. But, you know, 77 average, I didn't think he'd be that good at Supercoach. I always rated the guy even when he was at South. So I thought, yeah. this is a good player. I didn't think he'd have transitioned into that good a player in Supercoach. Mm. Um, yeah. Big surprise. But, yeah, fantastic season. Um, look, Strong mentioned we've seen him over the past couple of weeks start to really develop with Tupamanu. Yeah. Um, huge player. Yeah. I love seeing him put kick out on his ass there. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, he scored an 80 today. He Origin, mate. Uh, Post-Origin and he got the start. He's been fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, Dane Laurie, another good season. Yeah. So I think yeah. the Tigers have had some effective super coach players. Dane Laurie, obviously, his biggest uh, problem just being that consistency. Uh, but by far, mate, they Biggest disappointment of the year, Nigel Luma. Yeah, that's who I had uh, as well. <laughs> I don't... It's, look, it's hard for a winger to to do everything on their own, you know? Like, they're not in the centre. They don't dictate the play. They don't control anything. But Nigel Luma was, was always the type of player that would go looking for the ball. Mm. It didn't seem like he was as interested this year to do that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's gone down 20... 20 points on average. He's got scores that you'd never think you'd ever get from Nofo. He's got a 26, a 28, a 29, a 30, a 33, a 39. They were all 60s and 70s when he was 
taking those dummy half runs and busting tackles. So, I mean, I think but it's it's a part he was of my hero last year, mate. <laughs> yeah. he, he was the he was my call last year. I had him from week one. Mm. Never at six hundred k too. Many other people that long to get him in, mm. and this year just completely opposite. Yeah, averaged nearly 80 last year. So it's a huge fall from grace. And he started the year at 16% owned. So he really burnt, burnt bloody everyone. A big number of people. Um, Over to the Dragons. I think the best buy for the year um, has been Ben Hunt. Um, The reason being is that, I don't know, I fucking hate Ben Hunt. I've made no secret of that. I think he's a shit footballer. But um, look, he's been dual in the hooker and and halfback role. And I think he's been a, a strong reserve in both of those positions he's averaged 67.3 this year um and you know in a position like um dummy half where it's been a real bloody dead zone he's been a serviceable backup because he was cheap when he started the year mate i absolutely a lot of people he gets a lot of shit off everybody you know you just said it yourself you're not a fan of football right i never have been but one thing i'll point out is i I've watched a lot of his games, and I think he's one of the best right-side halves in the game. Mm. But I think when he goes into a game where he has to play both halves and dictate both halves of the field and dictate the play, he loses a lot. I think he'd be perfect alongside a player like Luke Keery. Yeah. Uh, Luke Keery is such a good left-hand side player. Ben Hunt is such a good right-hand side player. I really see a lot of what Cooper Cronk was in Ben Hunt, like... Cooper Cronk, him on the right side for Melbourne Storm was just unbelievable. That the holes he put Kafusi through and everything like that. I just really think that he's he's poorly coached. Yeah, all right, he, he disappears in some games and that. But mate, from a super coach point of view, the duality halfback and hooker, as you say, if he was just even a first first go hooker all season. Yeah, nearly seventy average. average. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and uh, yeah, when you think about it, playing next to carrying someone like Corey Norman next to you for so many fucking years, how, he's, give him yeah. a decent five eight. I mean, yeah, but um, look, I put the disappointment from the Dragons. There's not heaps in there that you could. I mean, actually, uh, Jack Bird's been in a decent buy at, a, at different points in the year for people as well. He's he gets an honourable mention for good. Um, look, a lot of people started the year. Eight percent people started with Fui Maano because he was at a good price. Um, and he's he's really been like one of those AE type nightmares. He's got eight, sixteen, twenty-three. He's got five scores in the thirties this year. And you know he's sort of at a point when people picked him, he was in the starting lineup, and he um, then he when he went back to a bench, he, he's a lot of people found it hard to get rid of him. I think he's still at five percent owned or something, but he's got an average. Man, he's what- Thirty-seven he was one of those people that I sort of tried to tell people not to take. You know, I just I just saw him. Considering what he did last year, I had him last year at times, and uh, I just saw him as that bit of a trap. Um, probably the biggest disappointment for me was Josh Kerr. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There was a time last year where obviously Josh Curran was coming through the Warriors. He never really got a crack last year, but excelled this year. I thought him and Kerr had come through together for their respective sides and, and have a similar kind of impact. Um, Curran's obviously done it, whereas Kerr hasn't really find, found a way to make that front row forward position his own. Yeah, I mean, Hook, games this year, I just, yeah, Hook picked him yeah, in the second row for so long, you know, like he just, I thought he was, he's never, he's not made to be a, a second row. He's he's like no. a runner, runner at speed in, from, in the front row in the middle. Yeah. But, um, now, he's a Nelson. He's a Tua Kamakamita. Like, there is ability there, but 
Again, this is what I talk about, whether they're coached right, you know, with Ben Hunt and stuff. Like, there's things that you say, and we're not, you know, we're no way professional coach or anything, but you see it, you know. We watch that much football, <laughs> you see it, and you just think, why can't they see it, you know? Yeah, it's surprising sometimes. All right, for the Warriors, I've got the best, and it was someone you just mentioned, um, Josh Curran. <laughs> Josh yep. Curran has an average of 70.6 points. Now, he hasn't played all the games this year. He's only played 12 games, but averaging 70-plus, he's like an elite second rower. Um, yeah. He's got big tons in there, 139, 111. He's got 79, 70, 66, 60. He scores well. He's got a super coach-friendly game. And I think he's, you know, obviously we lost um, Tohu, you know, for the year. He would have probably continued on and been their best, but... Um, I just think, from a super coach point of view, you can put you could have bought Curran for in the two hundreds, you know. Yeah, and he's just been awesome. It's one of those ones to me that got away because last year he's on my pod list. He was on my uh, cheapy of the year list last year, and he just didn't get the start. You know, he he didn't. Whether his game wasn't that good back then, or whether he just didn't get the opportunity um, this year under Brownie, he's obviously you know late in the season gotten that and, and shown how good he can be. So. I think onwards and upwards next year. I think this doesn't change next year. Uh, obviously, the only thing that then becomes shitty is the price that you get him at next year rather than yeah. 250k this year. Yeah, because of his average, he'd probably uh, be a bit richer next year. But, you know, like you look at things like, um, you know, Maddo's in a minute share now. Like he was getting minute, sharing minutes at Parramatta and Angus Crichton yeah. gets suspended every bloody two weeks, you know. So maybe next year yeah. people take some pod options, you know. Yeah, um, not enough there. Very cool. Now, the worst I'm going to say was Ben Murdoch Masilla. <laughs> so a lot of people were talking him up at the start of the year, obviously being a jewel. I think he started, you know, with a pretty good percentage owned. He's played 16 games. Um, and he, he's got scores, some terrible scores for a guy who plays in the sec- second row. He, he's got a 13, an 18, a 23, a 24, two 28s and a 29. Like, that's just bums. He's a bum. Yeah. And he's just that typical player, mate, that uh, Jack Hetherington, that whatever, where you just – sometimes when they do something, they look great. You know, on paper, on Supercoach, you think, wow, there's value, and then they just don't follow through. They just don't bring it to yeah, the he, public. So, he, fooled, yeah. he, he fooled 6% of people who started with him this year uh, yeah. <laughs> at the start of the year. And, um, you know, he, I, the, the, I never started with him because I was just like, he looks gassed in the trials. He just looked gassed after five minutes, so I just didn't think he was going to be any good. And, you know, he's got an average of 41.2 for the year, which means that he can go, he can do those things that gets him a good score, but that's just an yeah. outlier because he got so many shit scores. He's just yeah. burnt, look, burnt people. Mate, I agree with you. I, I was sort of one at the start of the year. I thought he's one I'll leave for, you know, obviously price changes don't happen until sort of, the first couple of weeks, he was like a, a watch and see for me. Um, and once I noticed a little bit of early, I just sort of left him alone completely. So, um, I, yeah, fortunately, I didn't fall into that trap. Mate, for me, the, the biggest disappointment, uh, a really, really favourite player of mine is Jazz the Bunger. My dual status, second row forward, hooker. Uh, I, I just thought at the start of the season, this guy would have a blight. We see what he was like at the end of last season. There was 70s and 80s and 90s, and he didn't yeah. even have to score tries, mate. It was just workload, and it was ethic, and he, you know, he'd, he'd get dropped. He wouldn't. You know, this week, he, he, you know, I don't want to say he's cost me you know, any of my matches, but I was expecting him to throw in a 50 or a 60, 
and I've lost one of my cashies by 12 points. Yeah. And I don't think I'll get the updates. And I got off a hickey odd with 30 instead of him. You know, like, it was just yeah, he... one of those things where, yeah. I mean, look, you know, there's been there's been some of those under Brownie. I mean, you know, he's obviously gone way down in the pecking order there, and yes. you would have just thought that he would have had a better position this year with people they've lost, and he didn't. He just went downhill, and you know, Cody Nicarima yeah. started the year averaging mid sixties, pushing up towards seventies, and then he just went back to playing fifteen minutes off the bench. You know? Yeah. So he would have burnt people too. All right, well, on to the Raiders. I've got Rapana. He was a big surprise packet, I guess, because he's averaging a 61.4. Um, he's gone back to fullback, and that's his average went from 40 to 60 because he's getting hundreds. He got 120 this week. In the fullback, he's had a bloody wow of a year. Honestly, I, he looks gassed after 20 minutes, doesn't he? Like, <laughs> he puts in so much effort every week. And yeah. You, you see it at the 50 or 60-minute mark. He is done. He, he is... <laughs> Like, it's, it's so strange, mate. He's just... I never thought he had that kind of effort in him. Mm. He's really taken it on himself this year to, to try and bring the Raiders back, so... Yeah, very wholehearted. Yeah, unsigned. He's unsigned. Oh, I can't believe they haven't signed him oh. uh, to kick on for a couple more years, but I Honestly, think he's been... I don't a, know what dollars it would take, but... Yeah. yeah. 61.4, and obviously the other one was probably CHN, who's averaging above 60... Um, yeah. started 300k. The disappointing one, I think, is Simmonson. Um, a lot of people went Saab, and at least with Saab, because of Turbo, you got some big scores in there. And I went yeah. I went the Simmonson route, and I got 11, 16, 24, 28, 28, 28, averaging 45.1. He gets injured a lot, and he just is one of those people you're like, why the fuck did I bring him in? Mate, when he came across from Sevens, I thought, you know, we're talking two, three, four years ago, whenever it was, I thought this kid's got potential. No, I thought, and I've had him in my team the last two or three years. He only ever lasts about two or three weeks, and I realise I've fucked up, and I get rid of him again. <laughs> um, mate, he is disappointing. Look, the whole Raiders outfit, mate. You're a Raiders fan. Like, yeah. it, it's just what's happened, you know. Like, obviously, Johnny Bateman's gone, and, and you know they talk about you know, Curtis not having the blue with him last year, and all these kinds of stuff. Mm. It's just like. I think a little bit of, yeah, I think some ego got in there and started to, you know. And, uh, you know, Georgie Williams and his big nose, he fucked off pretty early. (laughs) Hey, I tell you what, the Raiders, Raiders, if we get over the top of the Chooks next week, we could, we could take eighth and, and knock you lot out. Yeah. You're a Cronulla fan, obviously. We're fighting for it, you know. We're going to be playing Melbourne's reserve grade team. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. After the way they played on the weekend, I reckon they're going to pick more people than you reckon. I mean, Harry Grant's going to play because he's had limited games. Hughes just had the week off. You know, he'll play. Uh, Pappenhausen will play. I I don't doubt that they'll play more players than they said they were, but I still think there's a lot of those key players. I don't think Pappy will play. I think after that knock there on the weekend... They'll be I better. Think, They'll be better if they have Hines at the back. Well, yeah. Look, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon Nico will play at the back. You know, Hughes will start again. Cause, yeah. Again, Munster yeah, might get a rest. Munster might get a rest. I think Munster will get a rest. Yeah, I think Munster will get a rest. Um, but uh, uh, look, at the end of the day, it's Melbourne, mate. You know, they're the best coach side in the comp. They could still put thirty on Cronulla with a B grade side. <laughs> you know that, and that's me knowing how bad Cronulla are as well. Yeah, and I don't I think Bellamy. Say, I thought. We, I thought we'd go close enough to a wooden spoon next to the dogs. Hmm. 
um, somehow it's great to sort of mid-table. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think Belly Belly he he might not like to go into finals on two losses, so I think he might pick more than you expect. But anyway. Um, yeah. The Raiders are going to get over the top of the Roosters, who have been pretty bloody stoic as well. So, you know, there's no yeah. guarantees in it anyway. All right, onto the Titans. The best has been for Feeder. Um, look, he's gone off a cliff. He's, his three round average is 49.7. Yeah, he's, a, he's a cat, but man. I know. But his average, oh. average for the year is 84.7. I know, I know. And look, this is where, this is where you have to put aside those kinds of things and just look at the stats and that number means he's the best second rower in the game. Like, it, it just... If you, owned him, if you owned him round 1 to 15, he was the best. But if you've owned him since then, imagine if you bought him in then and had him for all this shit that's come since. I just... Just walking down the street, I just want to fucking punch him there and say, fucking play good all the time. <laughs> oh, mate, he's no, lazy. Like, He's so lazy. But anyway, he gets my best because of his average and the start of the year yep. that he had. Um, the worst, I'm going to say, is Tino. He's the opposite. He puts in heaps of effort. He's just not super coach friendly. He's averaging 56.2. Nah, he's got six scores in the 40s and twos in the two in the 20s. And he plays big Mate, minutes. At the start of the season, he was 500k, right? Yeah. Everyone basically had Fafita in their team and they had Tino in their team. And I looked at I was just like, you cannot pick this. And it's it's... As much as, mate, I've, I've had a shocker of a season, I really have. Like, there was, there's a couple of calls that I made right, and he was one of them. Like, mm. He just isn't super coach. And there's some of these games, mate, where he's played sort of high minutes as well. Yeah. And he scored 30 and 40. Yeah, know? he just like, does, he does hit up. He does he, hit up. He, sometimes it's eight metres. He's got no offload, no f- tackle break. He looks like that perfect player that has to come off the bench. Mm-hmm. He yeah. looks like he needs the other teams to be fatigued after 20 or 25. Mm. That's where we're going to see the best out of him. But, yeah. yeah. All right, on to the Sharks. Um, I'm going to say my best for the year has been Ramian. I think he's had a bloody fantastic year. I mean, I would have put Will Kennedy in there, but it's a very hotly contested spot fullback, and Kennedy's fullback only. You know, So in yeah. the center wing where it's been valuable, um, Ramian, I think, has had a fabulous year. He is – let's have a look at him. He's 7.6% owned. He's played 15. His average is 62.5, so he's above that 60 average. And yeah. um, in, in the late season, he's averaged mid-70s. So in towards the end of the year, when people brought him in for that from the bye onwards, he scored yeah. fucking awesome. And he's one of those players where you don't fear that he's going to go below 50 because he just t- tackle breaks. And yeah. I think when you go the ceiling players like, um, you know, um, AJ and... Um, the Fox, you know, Ramian will finish the year with the same average. You yeah, just get correct, it every week. Yeah. He doesn't cost you a head-to-head because he went so shit. <laughs> I think, and the only, he means you don't have to trade. You know, he, he means you don't have to, you look at the, the you, you mentioned J- Josh Adokar and AJ. There's times if you play it right where you can trade them high and buy them back low, mm. you know, mm. if you get the right run. Whereas Remy and yeah, you can just sort of hold him that whole time. As I say, he's good for six to eight tackle busts a game. Yeah, he'll have his ten or fifteen runs. Um, scores a try here or there, but yeah, yeah, you know, solid sixty average. Yeah. And got away with just a, with that, got away with a fine this week for that that high shot, and he's got a bit of form yeah. with the old high shot. I can't believe that he got a fine only. But anyway, yeah. um, the worst is Talakai. <laughs> he fooled a lot of people, Talakai. You know, like yeah, he did. Yeah. 
and people bought him in. And um, look, he's played 13 games. Talakai's average is 36 point, uh, wow. 36.5, wow. and he's played a lot of 80-minute games. Wow. Um, yeah, that's bad. Here's some of Talakai. Yeah, so Talakai's got one good score of 88, and his next best score is 47. So he's been... He's in my team this week. Yeah. I brought him in, I think, in one of the buy rounds. Yeah. Um, and you thought he was going to start and play 80 in the second row. and he's. But even now that he's playing 80 in the second row, he fucking sucks. Oh, yeah. It's just... A bad year. <laughs> the, Sharks are, the Sharks have sort of become a, a bit of a team where not so much super... I tell you what, Braden Trindle in the last six games of the year... Yeah. Wow. You yeah. Know, like, the goal kicking... Yeah. He attacks the lot like there's a there's a very, very friendly player with regards to super coach. If he's got the goal kick in and he's guaranteed the number seven spot. Yeah. Now obviously next year, who knows what happens, new coach, new whatever. But one of my boys actually I beat him last week in Super Coach because I captained Teddy and, <laughs> and I can't remember who he captained, but he had Braden Trindle and going into that Dragons Roosters game against me. I was a couple hundred points behind <laughs> with Teddy as captain, and I thought, fuck, I'm in trouble. And then Teddy rescued me. But he had Braden Trimble. I was like, where the fuck is this guy Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sav's, Sav's like weirdly bought him from the old SD experience, and he played him last week when he got 130, which was good. Yeah. Um, all right, over to Parramatta. It's got to be IPAP. Wasn't he the surprise packet of the year? Just the price he started at. You know, like you even saw this week in in the big game, they played him for big minutes and he scored seventies. You know, he's um, just been amazing. Um, Mate, completely for me, completely not the surprise packet. I, I mean, I always thought he was good. I, I thought he was had potential, but I just I didn't think that he was going to go over there. Before, five or six weeks before the season started, and I brought out a team and I had him as my starting front. Like Four hundred eight thousand he was. Fucking remember it vividly, <laughs> and I went away from him, and I brought him into my team three weeks ago. No, oh. <laughs> that's how much I missed this. Like I was just, I was so frustrated by it that I just thought, no, I can't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. He'll, he'll, he'll fold. And he just kept getting better and better. And mm. you know, he pissed Lane off out of his spot when Mado came back. Mado wasn't a certainty. Um, yeah. He looks awesome in the second row. They've had him in the front row the last few weeks. Yeah. Since I brought him in, actually, <laughs> he looks terrible in the front row. But yeah, just well, that's the thing. Stats there, but yeah, he was averaging but mid. Huge, he was, yeah, huge averaging mid 80s before he got moved into the front row. He's actually coming. He's got the highest average in second row and and front row. That's how good he's going this year. Um, the worst I think is Sevo. Um, and he's the shit gun of the year. <laughs> mate, See, oh, wait. mate, when you text me earlier in the week. You said we're going to run through every team and say their best. Yeah. And you said we're going to have three shit cunts. Right? <laughs> yeah. We weren't going to do one for each team. We're going to have three shit yeah, cunts. Yeah, I know. Shit I changed it. My shit cunt number one was Sebo. Yeah. My shit cunt number two was Sebo. <laughs> my shit cunt number three was Sebo. He has had an absolute shocker. I know. He is useless. I know. Look. It was bad enough last year that I had to fucking eat cat food for <laughs> And yeah. Him, yeah. But he's gone worse this year. We should we should tell everyone. Like last year, you and I had a bet. It was Ben Hampton who was my pick versus Sevo. Um, who after over, but yeah, but an average after week. after five. And in the round that he ne- you needed him, he scored a eleven. He had to, 
He had to score 21. <laughs> and he scored 18, his lowest. In coach ever. Ah. Now he has broken that this year. I think this year he had a seven or something. Well, no, this year he's got a few. He's got an eleven, a fourteen, a nineteen, and he's got he's a just... twenty-five, a twenty-seven. Yeah, I mean that was the difference I think between maybe like a Josh Adokar had no base, but you know you need people like Josh. Josh Adokar gets these games where he goes above a hundred to bump his average up because he gets hundreds. Yeah. Whereas Sevo's only got one ton this year. He's only done it once. You know, yeah. normally they get five, you know, to, to bump them up. So he's had a lot of the shit, but none of the good. Mate, back in 2016 when Cronulla won the comp, we had a back three where there was Val Holmes and whoever else it was. And it was similar to with the Warriors team that we saw three years ago. Remember when RTS, Mamala, um, and Fusatua, like the way they bring it out. Now, Fergo, that's something he's always done. Gutho's good at it as well. The Eels have got a back three that could get them out of every situation possible when they're on the back foot, when they're whatever, and they just don't do it. They oh. do not do it. Sevo's a bit... Sevo's gone cold, yeah. and Sevo just does not run hard. Sevo's a bigger cat than Buddy Fafita. I tell you, oh, he absolutely. lies down every run yeah. nearly. Uh, but he's out for the rest of the year with the ACL, which is disappointing. Um Look, over to the Manly team. Um, look, it's obvious that you would say Turbo, but kind of we... Did we ex- miss the Knights? Um, oh, yeah, I did miss the Knights. Yeah, the Knights. Um, the best I've got is Barnett. Um, look, Barney is highly owned. The first 14 weeks of the year? Well, yeah, well, no, since then he had a little lull, but he's been picked again in the second row he's since they've... Again. Yeah, they've chucked Fitzgibbon out, and so for the last five games or whatever, he's been playing... Yeah, now, look, so here it is. He's played 22 games. He's averages 64.6. In round nine, when he went to 40 minutes a game, he was averaging 77.8. Yeah. So, he, yeah, he, in round nine, he did go down to, you know, when Fitzgibbon came back. But, look, he's he's holding the average at 64.6, and Fitzgibbon's long gone now. So I just think yeah. I'm not giving it to Ponga because I think he's had a below year, and I think that Barnett. He's, he's the shit cat. <laughs> well, who did I put in there? Uh, best. Yeah, all right, all right. Best was 12, right, I just, 12% owned, best. Best has got a long way to go. Like, he's a, he's a young fella. I think there's obviously a lot of potential there. Yeah, but, but this year, me, this year he was highly owned. He's only played 14 because he's been injured a fair bit. And he's got, he's he's got a 16, a 27, a 30, a 39. He's got a lot of show, shit scores in there. I think that they never get him the I ball. Just, I, I just look at Ponga as being the, the bad one, purely based on potential. Look, Teddy and Turbo are the best two fullbacks in the game. We know this. They, they, yeah, they've traded back and forth. Turbo's obviously stepped up this year. Um, Ponga should be putting his name in that conversation, and oh. he's so far from that conversation, it's not funny. Yeah. And he had 12 games this year, injuries here and there. Oh, yeah, he hasn't been the same since that sternum or whatever post-origin. You know, like, he's yeah. been... And the mate, it's been a real tough own. I own him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, thank God he got eighty this week. But he he has been pretty average. Yeah. But yeah, to me, best I think he. Everyone was like, he's a prime center winger, and like even like him and Lomax this year have had limited games, and they're averaging fifty when you probably thought they'd be seventy averages. And look, he's only got one one hundred best. You know, you think he needs a couple more in there. To, but yeah. they just don't get him the ball. Um, all right, now on to the Seagulls. Obviously, I'm going to 
um, skip Tommy Turbo because uh, he's having some sort of year and he's the very obvious answer for everyone. But you kind yeah. of expected Tommy to almost average 100, you know, really. You know. 134 points. I know, but it's boring. Ah. It's boring to say that. He's got 159 today. But, uh, what was his break in? Because his break in was about 158, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, he, he's just a weapon. But look, we've got to mention we've got to mention someone that's a bit more interesting because obviously it's Tommy Turbo. Tommy Turbo is the gun. But look, honourable mention to Garrick. What a surprise packet wow. Garrick's been in. Wow. It's it's all because of Tommy Turbo. But Garrick is averaging 87.1. Can you believe that Garrick is uh, is averaging 87.1? Mate. Three or four games in the last year, Garrick was coming onto the scene, and he did a hand, like he did something in a game. I remember this, and I traded him out. And Hampton was into me. He's like, "No, nah. I like don't get me wrong, Hampton. Garrick is an awesome player. He's so quick. He's got great finish. He is going to be a real good player. But I swear he's done his hammy, <laughs> and I dropped him. And he went on a six-game run of scoring about seventy average, right? Yeah. And, and this year, look, I've had him probably about the last eight weeks. You know, through a lot of the good scores. But, <laughs> mate, wow, I, I did not see this coming. I really didn't. I, I sent him to a chat a while ago. If you had have said Garrick was going to average more than Turbo this year, mate, you would have got 50 to 1 odds. You know, yeah. like, wow. I mean, and he started so, He started at 360K. So he's he, yeah. this year, if you started Hines and Garrick, you were fucking laughing. And... Yeah. He hasn't really dropped it down. He's got like seven one hundreds. He's a goal kicker. Like he today, he got no tries. He had a pretty average, quiet game. He gets fifties, you know. So, yeah. you know, it's just a good own. He's a good own this year and yeah. been an absolute surprise. The worst, you know, he is a, he is a benefactor, obviously, of the turbo. turbo for the sure. Whole team. The whole team. And my worst yeah. one, which it might be controversial because a lot of people say he's been a good bow this year. He's definitely been better than Simmonson, but I'm saying Saab. Because he's twenty one percent owned, his average is forty six point six. But the reason why I've got Saab in there is because here's some of his scores this year when he hasn't been, you know, fed by Tommy Turbo. Five, eleven, eleven, twelve, twenty, twenty, twenty six, twenty eight. So all of those times that people have had Saab and played him, I've been I get messages of people like fucking Saab, you know, and oh, <laughs> he just disappoints more Absolutely. than he pleases you. It's how, how do you catch him? You know, how do you get him at the right time? And, yeah. and this is the frustrating thing about Supercoach and why you've got to say he's been poor is because we do not want to be trading centre wingers. You know mm. what I mean? Like, like that's a position where you just want to find the most consistent people like your Garrett's, like your Nico Hines's. And for, all right, head-to-head, if you're going to get beat by a bloke who scores 170 because he scores four tries and six line breaks, you got to cop it. You know, you got yep. to just take. But the fives and the elevens, oh. that, that's the, and the Simmonson scores. Yeah. That's what you need to miss. That yeah. If you're getting those scores, you're not in the top five hundred. You know, like yeah. And they yeah. kill you. Like on the week where you're like, well, I think I've got this one, and then some, one of these players goes out and gets a, a oh, five. It kills you. Now look, he's got yeah. this year. He's got a ninety four. He's got a one hundred. He got that big one sixty two. He got a ninety. He got eighty today. Today it was his day for some tries, not Garrick. But we, if yeah. you could pick when you got to play him, you can probably say never pick him when Turbo is not playing. But even sometimes yeah. when Turbo's playing, it doesn't go his side, you know. And you get those yeah. shit scores because he's got no base and he makes a lot of mistakes. I tell you what, though, watching him in the clear when he's running is like I, I can feel a twinge in my pants. Yeah, 
He's just oh, yeah. so good to look at when he's running. <laughs> All right. Um, over to the Chooks. Um, I've actually said um, Young Walker is the best of the year because he started at 173. He was at bottom price cheapy. Yep. Um, yeah. Look, he hasn't been without his injuries this year, but he's played 17 games. His average is 67.5 for somebody who started Huge. at 173. Um, Huge. And look, you know, he's got 11 to 7, you know, he's got 11 great scores. You know, like he's half of his year has had really solid to high scores. So yeah. for a rookie starting out, you know, it's gold in your super coach year when you can pick someone in your position that's that you can play who was a 173K rookie. You can safely play them you know yeah um and look you know teddy i think has carried the team on his back and you know got off to a quiet start and at certain times in the year you couldn't own teddy but he's come home with a wet sail not this week though 17 18 points this week for teddy <laughs> mate where we just they really took care of teddy this week honestly mate again these fucking cashies have just killed me this week like one of my opponents had reese walsh yeah and he scored 18 and I thought, even if Teddy has a quiet game, even <laughs> if he has a shocker, I'm he's in here. still going to score fifty to sixty, and I've got a net game. You know, I've got I've got forty points up, <laughs> and he goes out and before updates, he's on sixteen, and I'm just like, are you fucking kidding? Me? Like, <laughs> yeah. It was so bad. He looks so not there. Mm. You know. Um, in yeah, the tur- in the turbo yeah. hammies today, oh, in the last game, I had Bloor. And I was versing um, Mikey, who had Jerome Luai. And I was like, and I had a 30 point lead. So I was like, this is a nervous watch. But um, yeah. Luai was on five at half time, and I'm like, I'm home. But in the second half, remember that try that, well, he, yeah. he, he, he went off and he nearly put um, Kickout over, but Kickout dropped it. That would have got him the win. Oh. So, ah. you know, it was so close. It was such a closely run thing. But yeah. yeah. Um, Mate, for the Roosters, but for, look, you got to look at the rest of the team's been disappointed, but that's only because of injury. Yeah, probably. I, mean, I think someone that's... I, I can't believe their top four material <laughs> with the injury list that they've got, to yeah. be fair. Yeah. Robo, Trent Robinson's done an awesome job with what he's got. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard not to hate the got, Roosters, you know, but this year you've got to admire them just for when you've got the organisation. in the centres. Yeah. You know, like, you know your team's struggling. Yep. But, um... Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I mean, I've got in. I've got a worse. I've got my worst player in there. Is is Radley? Look, he's averaging fifty points, but you know, he ten percent of people started with Radley this year. He's only yeah. played fourteen games, and obviously, we know that Radley's one of those ones that's been. He's copped about not eight weeks of suspension this year. And and you can be guaranteed as well because of that fifty average. You'd be guaranteed that ten percent of people will start with him next year as well. Yeah. His price is going to be 450-odd K, based Maybe, on his yeah. average. Eight games and suspended. He'll, he'll just be one of those players that he's never really... I don't... Mate, he's almost on the list. That's how, how he's going, you know? Like, <laughs> it's just like, hang on. There's so much of a player there, mm. but is there a super coach player there, you know? Like, maybe there's not. Yeah, I mean, I think he's like one of those. He he he's he putters along, and sometimes you go, "Whoa, he, he's got something about him," you know, like a bit of ball playing that. But he's no Murray, you know. Like in actual NRL, no. he's probably up there with the best locks in the game, but he just doesn't have the super coach sort of game. I think that matches your Murrays and stuff. But yeah. um, look, when he got last suspended, which was for the rest of the comp, 
you know, in Supercoach, he was 9.6% owned, and that's almost out of pod territory. So he would have really, yeah. it would have been a dagger for a lot of teams, I think. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. On to the Rabbits. Um, look, I've got the best being AJ. Now, AJ, he's played 18 games, averaging 70. You would never have thought, I mean, AJ used to get all these hundreds and, and he would finish with an average in the 50s. But this year he went on some sort of run. And as a result, owning him was just a pleasure because he's got his 420s this year, but he's got four 100s. He's got 190, 280s, 370s. All of those scores are what has given him the average of 70. And, and if, you yeah. owned, if you owned AJ, Garrick, and Hines, you had a center wing that was kicking ass. Yeah. And I, I bought him in, and the game I bought him in, he scored 140 or whatever. And then he yeah. went on that run, and I ended up selling him, you know, when he when he did the hemi. But I brought him yeah. in, made 300K, and got only hundreds from him. So it was a pleasure to own him. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, Cody so, Cody Walker and his consistency this year has been great too. Yeah, that's, that's been the difference, isn't it? He, he hasn't had to, you know, hit the 150 or 180, you know, to, to bump that average up. He's averaged 82, yeah. and it's been genuine 80s, 90s, 100s each week, which has been awesome. Yep. Um Considering that in that position of 5'8", there's such a, a, a weakness, you know, like yeah. there's really, I mean, Munster's has been okay. He hasn't mm. been as good as Cody, but there's really been no one else. Yep. Um, I think, I think. Mate, I, I want to give a, I want to give a quick one to Colin Matangi. Yeah. Yeah. Purely because you talk about your Ben Murdoch Masillas, you talk about yeah. the Jack Hedder, those players that started at 300k, if this was the one you chose at 300k, you had a good season. Yeah. You know, currently sitting at five sixty. Obviously, um, one or two weeks there where he's injured or suspended, but the majority of time he's been good. He's forced himself in the starting squad. Mm. Um, yeah, great. To me, yeah, he's got to be up there with the, the best. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it this year, there was like CHN, there was Kaloa Matangi, there was Tupanua, yeah. and you know. Even Tupanua has those quiet games, but he he's been a good one, and, and obviously CHN. But you always felt scared that he was going to get dropped. But I mean, Kaloa Tup- time, yeah. Tupanua has been one of probably my biggest for the year. I think the quiet games because of the injuries yeah. where he got shifted out to the centres. Oh yeah, you know, and he just it took him sort of out of the game because the Roosters didn't have the ball play to get him involved. He was out, but he doesn't know how to play the position. I reckon he's had an awesome year, and when he's been in that second row position. Mm. He's had some good scores. Yeah, and Kaloa um, Matangi yeah. in actual NRL is a great watch too. I love I love those players that just cut back in and run that you know the the, the dangerous yeah. angle and they really they're they're a try scorer. You know he he really yeah. you know bursts through the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, disappointment for me is the source. I mean, he went over there and I think a lot of people thought he might be. You know, you're like he was, was good at Penrith and he's going to kick ass over there at the um, sixty-five average. Who you know? Well, I mean, look, it is, it is a good... It is I a, mean, it's only 11 games. Yeah, it's a good average, but the average before a, he went to AJ's side of the field, and we already see what that does for AJ, his average before that was 44. So yeah. he did go on a run, and if you got him at that point, and you, he was a four-week own, you know, when when he was covering AJ. So his average was 44 before there. He'd been on that side for AJ, bumped his average up 20 points. And look, yep. the reason why he's in there is because you never would have said these scores about the source. 15, 26, 32, nah, 44. Nah. So he's got a lot of low ones in there. So the base... Yeah. 
Um, look, but yeah, I mean, it is weird putting a 65 and average in there, but he keeps getting dropped as well. So imagine, like, when you buy um, when you buy Tupu, you know he's not going to get dropped, you know? Yeah, well, it's just the thing. How do you go and buy stuff? Like, he was gunning it at Penrith. Yeah. How do you go and sign somewhere else thinking, why would they give me any less opportunity, you know? Yeah. And I mean, he's, he he's made a lot more. The first game of the year. Yeah, a lot of mistakes. I think he's not... I think he's lost a little bit of his tackle break because he's got his knees are shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Sid kind of also uh, obviously let him not, but you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he doesn't <laughs> even get him. He doesn't even deserve a mention. Um, now for the Panthers, the, you, again, you've got the obvious one being Cleary, you know, with his enormous average. But I think one of the people that was the buy of the year was Burton. Um, you could pick him in the five eight or the halfback. Obviously, he was playing in the centre, but he's he's played twenty games, so he's durable. He's been mm-hmm. he's averaged sixty five point five. He's got multiple tons in there, um, yep. you know, and he started at a cheap price. So I think he's been good. I mean, look, honourable mentions for me are obviously um, Toto. Yeah, has had Toto. He he's average. He started the year with an average of seventy and barely dropped below that any game at yeah. any point. He yeah. didn't lose any money. He's just, and even today he comes back and just runs over two hundred meters five weeks after ankle surgery. Mate, I had him from day one when he did the syndesmosis. I sold him thinking, all right, he's gone. And then he comes back to our so you're a bastard. Because yeah. like, I don't know. It, mate, he's, he's just one of those cult players, isn't he? Everyone wants to follow him just because, yeah, everything he is is just heart. You know, yeah. Full of heart. Yeah. And I, I lost yeah. a, I lost a cashy today and got knocked out because of fucking Toto. So him coming back yeah. a week early cost me. Um, the worst is obviously Charlie Stain, 16% owned. Um, oh, he played 20 gosh. games. He, he's, he's got score. These are scores that people have had to cop from Charlie Staines. 1, 10, 12, 15, 16, 18, 19, 20. Over half of his scores are below 20. Mate, I'm, I'm so glad I never had him, never entertained him. Um, the poor man. I know plenty of people have had him from the start. I still got him now. It's... He's sitting on the five. No one can have him. It's just... You like, can't ever have him again, even if he's at a cheap price, just because, you know, everyone was just tricked by the multiple tries to end last year that he would be a try scorer, you know, and yeah. they just didn't come, and he's got too many terrible, terrible wonder. scores. Yep. One hit wonder. <laughs> All right, now we're at the top of the pile, the, the Melbourne Storm. Um, the best for me was Hines. He was an absolute surprise. What a surprise. Started the year at 360k. He's averaging 80.9. You could pick him in the centre wing or the fullback. And at times in the year for super coach, it's been handy. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. Now, we've established that I've played fuck all this year, right? Yeah. It took me until he was averaging about 90,000 a week to realise he was a centre winger. Oh, Jesus. I thought he was a fullback. Honestly, like, it probably was about round 15 or 16 that I put into the chat. I was like, when did he get second centre wing status? I had not a clue, mate. I just did not know. Um, wow. Yeah, it was just uh, you know, faux pas on my part, but he's a, a cracker of the year, mate. Huge player. And 
from a Cronulla fan point of view, mate, I can't wait to have him come on board. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he's just been... There's been times that you think that he's going to be dead in the water, and this was probably the week that you thought he was because he was back to the benchy utility. He came on yeah. and he sparked their attack, and as it looks, uh, you know, he'll probably get a full game next week. He, someone in the chats, yeah. in the old BJ chat, was like, it's like an ex-girlfriend that you just keep going back to. Like, he, he, never, <laughs> he just keeps on keeping on, doesn't he? My absolutely, but he's absolutely. had some sort of year, and I mean, he, look, next year, um, there's talk that, um, and I don't know if you've heard a whisper of this that Kennedy might give up the fullback role. They said maybe in Hines won't play halves. Look, it's it's a tough one because I've been really happy with Will Kennedy as a Sharks fan. Oh, I think for someone his size and stature, he's not a big boy. He's, he's tall, but he's he's not big. He's just done an awesome job, and, and right side or left side, he's, he's just so much heart and effort. So it'll be disappointing if he does have to give up that spot, but for what Nico brings, you think it's got to happen. Um, but the way I look at that is Nico can play six or seven. Mm. Um, Will Kennedy can't. Yeah. You I know, think the so... team I think the team with Kennedy at the back and maybe Nico in six, because... You know, you get Nico on that left side and he does those sweet plays beautifully, you know. Yeah. Um, I think it makes him potent, I, but, yeah. I think what Braden Trindle's shown, I think if those three are our, our spine with Blake Braley in the nine, I think that's something you can develop. Yeah. You know, you've basically got four young young players toward, you know, that are no further than the middle of their career. I know, obviously, Braden Trindle's a little bit older now, but, again, he's, I think he's 24, 25. I think it's something you can build off for a few years. Yeah, and you, you throw in uh, Fanukin and bloody um, McInnes, you get yourself a team there. Yeah. yeah. Well, obviously McInnes is going to put the pressure on Braley. I, I, yeah, how are we sort of... I mean, I think that? they might play McInnes at 13 and they might play Fanukin in prop. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd agree. Yeah. But anyway, it'll be interesting to watch next year. Um, the one I've said is the worst um, for the Melbourne Storm. It's really kind of hard to find someone, if you're being honest, but... I've got Remus Smith. I know a lot of people started with him in the um, 9.7% started with him. Now, he has he has had an occasional good score. Like, think about it in this sense. Some people started with Hines at 360, and he averages 80.9. Some people started with Remus, and he averages 50. You know, um, some of the scores, he's got five scores in the 20s, and he's got five scores in the 30s. So 10 of his 20 games are, th- are 30s and below. He's, he's the perfect Melbourne Storm player where he's just done his job, hasn't he? Yep. You know, so if we look at Supercoach, yeah, he's been disappointing. But for that team and what he's done for that team, and everything right. So Absolutely. It, it, yeah, like you say, it's, it's a hard one to criticise anyone from their team. You know, you look at someone like Jesse Bromwich up front. Um, you know, Jesse Bromwich has averaged 39 as a starting front yep. guy. You know, but what Jesse brings is that leadership and just that stability and... and Gone are his years where he would score 60 or 70 average, you know, the offload, well, whatever it was. He just does his job and he lets the rest of the team win the games. Yeah. You know? and, and Remus has done the same. Is That left-hand side is so good for Melbourne that he lets them have it, you know. And, and when they need to go the right against the right teams, yeah, he'll score 120, 140. So, yeah, I mean, and that's, and that's it. I mean, he, he just... He just knows the right balance. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes, yeah, you don't want a piece always of the Melbourne back line just because they're just so good. There's too many people to share it around to. Um, Some people that nearly got into my shittest of the year was um, Damian Cook, who has come good of late, and it's probably helped his average. He's been getting 80s the last five weeks or whatever, but at a point, mate, he was having one bum year, a bum of a year. Yeah, 
Mate, I brought I brought him in. I think he was about four hundred and twenty k. I brought him in just after Origin, and he started to come good. I was sort of a little bit lucky there, but mate, a sixty five average is sort of a little bit below where we expected, especially especially considering the changes in the game. You know how much quicker the games got. Yeah. Um, I thought he'd be near the best player in the game. Yeah. But I, I really believe that that's where there's. I think South can't win the comp. I know, obviously, the trail's gone now, and that is what it is, but I always said that I didn't think South could win the comp purely because they don't have the forward pack to do it. I think on the right day, I think the, the junior Totolas, the Burgesses, they're just not quick enough, they're not good enough, and they'll get dominated, you know? Um, and I think that's what Cookie struggled behind the last couple of years is once the Burgess clan sort of went and just became Tommy um, or George or whoever the fuck's left, Um, that was it he he just is he still one of the best nines in the game absolutely he is he genuinely is and you put him in that I I think he's the best nine for the New South Wales team Mm. really do because you're in a great team and he's the best player he's in an average forward pack at South a great back line yes and his combination with Cam Murray is just unbelievable. Yeah. But he's, he's just found out a little bit, yeah, at the moment. So. And I think yeah. if you look at his stats, you'll see this year he's probably done the least running from dummy half. Yeah. Le- least, least dummy yeah. half runs he's ever done. And that's 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 a perfect example of having a probably weaker f- you know, forward yeah. back. He just um, doesn't get that quick play opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I've gone for an hour and 44 minutes. It's huge. It's long, longer than your show. <laughs> but uh, it's been lovely to have you on. It's interesting to talk when you look at all the teams. And I, I said, you know, it's yeah. sometimes when you have too many players from one team. Like I've got five Melbourne Storm players, and I'm going into grand finals. They're probably going to rest all their fucking teams. So I'm yeah. going to be going with eleven next week. You know, you can't have too many players from the same team. They say, but um, it's interesting well, to look well, at the teams. Quick, quickly talk about strategy, things you've learned this year, things that change next year, mate. What? Uh... What develops there for you and Supercoach? Yeah, I think, um, you know, things that I've learned this year is maybe we get a little bit too trigger happy on our middies, I think. And, you know, we have, you have your middies that plot along. And, and someone like you, Tikamano, for instance, I just moved him, you know, I moved him for Regan Campbell Gillard. And what did I get from that? Nothing. I've actually probably yeah. gone backwards, you know. And I think some of us, we just, you know, if you've got a fair 17, we just, we. We go, I need to get in another gun, and we could have just played someone who gets a 40 and just be a little bit more patient. So yeah. I think especially this year, we, we've gone, oh, we all ran out of trades. And because of these you know, high shots and HIAs and suspensions, there's not enough yeah. trades. But I think you can't, you've got to put a little bit of a higher price on trades now. You know, like yeah. sometimes in the yeah. past, I would have just, I, I think the days of luxury trading are over. You know, yeah. you've got to just be more of a astute yeah. trader. I mean, you look at the you look at the Rooster squad, mate. The amount of injuries they've had, and, and that sort of defines the game now. Yes, it's gotten quicker, but the quicker it gets, the more people get injured. You know, and when they played their team on the weekend, I looked at their bench. I didn't know any four <laughs> of those players. I've never heard of these blokes before. I was like, who the fuck are these blokes? Yeah, I was just like, maybe I can get a ruck. <laughs> but, um, and then, I mean, you yeah, can probably bank on Teddy. You've got to conserve trades. You know, Teddy will play next week just because of their injury, you know, worries. Yeah, and they need to get, yeah. you know, like... They can't rest anyone. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think, um, you know, we always say, oh, save trades. But I think it's just I've been showing some patience with, you know, if you held Utikamano, he would have come good for you, getting 80, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got rid of him as well, mate. And, 
you watch the last sort of three or four weeks and it's a little bit disappointing, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I sold AJ and I'm, I've been burnt this week by people who, who held him, you know? So I think yeah. prematurely I probably I, I burn trades just because I'm like, well, I want to stay ahead of the game instead of just being patient with the game. And I think there'll be yeah. some changes next year to the rules, but um, I personally think that they should just start um, head-to-heads from round one. Because you get to these round 24s and 25s to finish off head-to-head comps, and it's fucking yeah. shit. Because you're playing oh, people who are 16s and 15s. Because I, they're... I prefer to play round one and two than, and, and finish in 23. Yeah. Than get to 24 and 25. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think if they made that simple change, um, people would have full strength. You'd have full strength finals, you know, but... I mean, it'll be interesting what they do for changes, um, especially now with, like, NRL uses an 18th man and that. But the things I learned from this year are probably, um, yeah, probably make the trades, hold on to the trades and be a little bit careful with them and, and probably, um, oh, what else? I don't know. I don't, I, I've had a pretty good year, top 1,000. I think I've done most things pretty well. I think the other thing you could probably do is, when you look at um, trades, like what the trading trends are, so like everyone bringing in IPAP, like the people who yeah. stubbornly go, oh, well, I won't bring him in because I could have got him when he was 400, now he's 600. Well, those are the ones that get burnt. The people that didn't bring in, you hear a lot of people yeah. I talked to on the show, they're like, thank God I brought Fafita in even though he was 100 grand more because I got all those scores. Yeah. Or yeah. I brought in AJ and yeah. then I got to continue with the run. If you yeah. were too stubborn to bring in someone against the trends you get left yeah. behind because all these top teams have got all of these players you know i was just going to make the same point mate is basically regretting not bringing someone in just because you want to go against the norm and, and the simple fact is is those those gambles you take against everyone else is when you're going to get left behind so yeah yeah and i think also in the, yeah i think in the past also yeah. people probably held more nuffs than you can probably do now because Everyone's depth is tested more. So, you know, all the people that I know who just burnt out of comps had, you know, four nuffs and stuff, you know. You can't, I mean, I understand one nuff, but next year you can't probably multiple nuff to try to make a better, you know, higher quality team because you'll need all your, out of your squad, you'll need more players. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. All right, well, I mean, thanks for coming on the show and um, it was good to chat all the teams. Well, I mean, I'll sing you out because I do that to everyone on my show. Um, I'll get my theme music if it fucking wants to. Here we go. I'll sing you out uh, to the theme. Thanks for coming on the show, Josh. The king. The king is on the show. He's had a rubbish year, but look, it's still nice to talk to him. Fuck Cronulla. And go the green machine for the top eight. Thanks for coming on. See you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon, eh? Bye. There you go. Joshua King from the BGR Game Day Show. Thanks, guys.